We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. So it's been a week. So we, after doing episodes so often, so frequently throughout the season, and then in the playoffs after each of those games, it's been over a week since we last recorded, and uh, it's uh, it feels weird, doesn't it? Not feels like so much has gone by, but for the Yankees not playing anymore, it's like kind of feel out of place. Kind of feel like what 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 do we? Uh, I don't know my I don't know the the place of us because with the playoffs going on it's like I'm I'm kind of watching but at the same time the Red Sox are getting all the breaks and it's just pissing me the hell off and I see the writing on the wall with what's going to happen with the Red Sox and I don't want it to happen. Yeah. So that's where I am with the with the baseball playoffs. Yeah. Um it's it's a it's a weird situation for all of us. Can you guys hear me now? I I I made some adjustments to it. Let me know if that's any better. Um but yeah, the uh it's it's a strange I think it's a strange time for Yankees fans because obviously we, nobody wants to, um, nobody wants to see the Red Sox win this at all, and it does feel like they're they have all the momentum right now because they're getting all these these breaks that are just ridiculous, and they're they're pissing me off beyond belief too. And the fact that the Astros just laid a complete egg really pisses me off. It gave makes, up makes me hate them even more now. They because gave they're a up, bunch didn't of, they? Yeah, they're they're terrible. Um, so. You know that that's uh, I, I guess I'm I'm pulling for the Dodgers, but at the same time when you're Obviously. looking at when you're looking at that, <laughs> who's the guy at the helm? 
freaking Dave Roberts, the guy who broke our goddamn heart in 2004. You know, it's it's know. it's like you win you try to you try to pick one of the the lesser evils, but um, oh, the lesser of the two evils is most clearly the oh obvious. for sure. There's no doubt about it. There's definitely no yeah. doubt about it. And everyone seems to be just losing their minds again over Manny Machado. This is now the sec- the second time Yankees fans have lost their their collective minds over Manny Machado this season. The first was when those rumors happened around the trade deadline. And now it's, do we want this kind of punk on our, on our team? That's the conversation around swaggy Manny Machado. It's pretty funny because I, I never really even, uh, you know, when I was paying attention to Machado, I would pay attention to him as a baseball player. And uh, obviously when you're looking ahead, because we've been doing this for what, two to three years for this, this free agent class, and you're looking at Bryce Harper and then you're looking at Manny Machado and Bryce Harper was the bad guy like for the longest right. time. It was obvious. Machado was the guy that's a, a good baseball player that you're going to bring in to potentially, you know, the, the, this, the, all this stuff was not, a, not in question. I never even thought about it, honestly, until just recently. But well, the the whole play at first base was definitely a little sketchy. Erotish had, had some hard slides into the bag at second base, which I actually don't hate, especially in the playoffs. Uh, if you if you if you can get away with it, then then by all means go for it. The thing that I think people that um, made people freak out even more were his comments about not hustling and how oh, he's no, not no. going. To, he's not going to be Johnny Hustle out there. This is just how I am. I'm not going to change. I know I need to change, but I'm not going to change. It's just who I am. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a, it's, it's funny because that is exactly what, what set Yankees fans off. And I think it's because well, it's it so fresh in our home. minds. Exactly. Because of the whole Gary Sanchez thing. And we've, you know, people compared it, but like, well, Cano was, was kind of like that. Well, yeah, it used to drive people crazy too. But when he hits, it didn't Not matter as much. to that level though. I don't ever remember. And maybe it's because social media wasn't as prevalent back in like 2009, 2010. At least I wasn't on Twitter at that point. I didn't get on Twitter until I think 2011. But did people really freak out to the level that they freaked out about Gary Sanchez this year? Well, it's different because, uh, oh, to to Gary Sanchez? No, because I don't know if there was a, there wasn't so many glaring incidents and, and Gary Sanchez isn't, wasn't producing. So Robbie Cano would hit, you know, like he was a perennial guy that would, that would consistently hit. But you have um, you have Gary Sanchez who was just laying a, a fat egg and not hustling. It's like, what are you doing, buddy? But can you imagine if Gary Sanchez after the game said, "Well, I'm not, I'm not Gary Hustle out there." Yeah, no, that he would. I don't, I don't, been, I don't know how. It would have been nuclear war, warfare. It would have been, been. It would have been awful. It would have been really um, bad. Did you see the post? What they wrote, um, or the post wrote that the Yankees should not sign uh, Manny Machado, and then the Daily News comes out with. I don't know. They need they need somebody on their Photoshop team. What happened there? Uh, it's it's like his shoulder is dislocated and his, and his head is is to the left. Horrible Photoshop. But our guy Wally Matthews, who's been on the show, said the Yankees need to sign Manny Machado because they need a villain again. Yeah, I'm not so much uh, uh, the the villain side of this is 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 pretty ridiculous because I don't think he's that guy. I think I think he's more. I think the media is more making him out to be this villain type guy. I, I don't think he is. It's all new. It's, it's all in the last two weeks. I know. That's why I'm not really buying it. I think it's like he, he's all of a sudden like got, got into some, uh, some situations and now he's getting compartmentalized into a, a villain. First of all, the Photoshop job on there. I, I, when I saw it at first, I, I, I ulti- immediately thought they did that on purpose. They'd made it a horrible Photoshop job on purpose. You have A-Rod laughing. Because there's no possible way someone could look at that and be like, okay, that's a good Photoshop job. It's just impossible. 
I mean, I know Photoshop pretty Nailed well. It. It's, it's done it's in impossible. Microsoft Paint. That was done in Paint, and then the guy was like, Control, save, nailed it. Let's tweet this baby out. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but so that's I, that's why my first instinct on, on that one that it was on purpose. It's like let's make this as bad as we possibly can, and we'll get buzz about it. I feel like they're trying to find yeah. out, find new ways to get to get readers. Maybe bad Photoshop's one right. of them. Yeah, the, let's go viral. Let's go viral for a shitty Photoshop. Why yeah, not? let's try it. You don't, never know. Right. So, but don't you think? Don't you said it? I think that the the Yankees don't need a villain. The media needs the Yankees to have a villain. Absolutely. The, the, or a fake, a fake villain, because whatever, whatever this would be. Uh, I guess everyone hates Manny Machado now, so that would be the villain. He's going to make $300 million this offseason. He's coming in. He's, he's uh, spiking or kicking Aguilar at first base. He's going in hard on slides. He's openly not hustling and not really caring about it, although I feel like he did redeem himself. because With that bunt, he, played, he was hustling his ass off down the line. played pretty well uh, for the Dodgers in that series. Yeah, I thought he played well, and and look, I tweeted this out earlier today. If Manny Machado comes up in the World Series and just destroys the Red Sox, right? He's just a crew that comes there, and, and, and the, the Dodgers win the World Series, and he wins MVP, or he's a big part of it. Everybody's going to want him. All of this will be forgotten. He will be a Red Sox killer. Bring on bring on Manny Machado. That will be everybody's, uh, everybody's narrative, because I still believe this was kind of like a, a misconstrued fake thing. I don't know. I'm not buying it. Do you think though that uh, how how are you feeling with this World Series? Well, what chances do you get? Because I feel like most people are writing off the Dodgers, and I I don't think that's fair because I think the Dodgers they were defending National League champs. They came in, they got better as the season went on. I don't think it's fair that p- people are just assuming Red Sox in five. Yeah, I I certainly don't actually because I I think um, the one. The one thing that the Dodgers do have is is uh, starting pitching. I think they can they can really mix in um, their pitching staff can can actually work well against the uh, the Red Sox. And they were there last year. They don't want to lose again. I think who was it Kershaw or somebody said it in the um, oh no it was Bellinger when during his, when he got the MVP of the NLCS. He's like we're going back and we don't want to lose again. Like they they know what happened last year. This is something that that obviously this team has a lot of experience. Um, so I kind of like it. I think I felt like Milwaukee was coming to the end of their little run and I thought they would have gotten swept if they had made it through. I think the Dodgers have a better chance. Yeah. I, I, Josh Hader can only pitch so many innings before. Yeah. Again, dude, it's you know, my feelings on this bullpenning thing, like it's unsustainable <laughs> to me. And, and like, they have a ridiculous amount and they, they got it all the way to game seven, like good for them. Yep. But it just, it, in the end, it failed because these, these guys that had so many looks at the same guys over and over, and they were pitching a bazillion times. It doesn't work. I, I imagine Brian Kenny reading the stats, the box scores on that NLCS, seeing a record number of pitchers used and all that stuff. The opener, Wade Miley pitching to one batter as an opener, and Brian Kenny just needed to be toweled off after that. All right, guys, before we get into everything, I want to tell you about one of our, uh, our new sponsors, Robinhood. It's an investing app platform that allows you to buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. Non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence, simple and intuitive. It's clear design and data presented in a very easy way to digest. I can tell you I do use the app. Uh, consistently. I love the fact that there is a, uh, a no commission, no cost angle to it. You can, you can basically make trades and, uh, and 
you know, you don't have to worry about the, the fees for it. So you can kind of, if you're, if you're new to the, uh, into investing, uh, and, and into the stock market, you can, you can really do this without much, uh, you know, risk on the, on the fees side. So it's, it's a good way to learn it, um, uh, how to do everything. And it's super easy to use. They have, uh, the charts are easy. They have candles on there now. They have a line ch- charts, all sorts of good stuff. Um, but again, I use it consistently. Uh, it's, it's one of my, it's one of the apps that gets used most on my phone. Um, and, and I'm building out a portfolio. The Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock like Apple Ford or Sprint to build your portfolio. Sign up at bronx.robinhood.com. That's bronx.robinhood.com. So on this episode, we're going to play GM. Each of us are going to play GM. We, we crafted an off-season plan. Uh, but before that, the actual GM of the Yankees was on with Francesa last week. He did all the radio rounds. And he said he gives A's across the board to the coaching staff, including Aaron Boone. What do you think about that statement? Uh, I certainly don't think it's A's across the board. Um, but I, t- I said it when we, when we graded him. Like I think everybody else is too harsh on, on the way that they think about the way he did, I think he did a good job. Um, I think that, uh, you know, he definitely had some, some areas that, that he needs to improve upon. Um, but overall I thought he did a good job and I was relatively happy with him. You know, some of the other guys, you know, they're bringing everybody back. So he had to say that at this point, he had to say that, I guess he didn't need to be as emphatic and say A's across the board. He could have just said, I thought he did a good job, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But do you think the fact that he said A's across the board and made that a point, I think it means he was completely satisfied with what Aaron Boone did, despite the fact that we were going mad over some of the things he did, especially in the ALDS. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, you start talking about micro situations and, and he could he could talk about that more uh, a little bit more specifically and a little bit more harshly. But I think overall, when when you hear about Brian Cashman talking about offseason stuff, usually when he's going into these meetings and stuff, he takes more of a macro version of of his grading and the scale and what he's talking about. And, and I think that's what he is talking about. I think that he does think that Boone did a good job. Um, but, you know, this but he team failed was hit. the final. He failed the final. Yeah, he did. He did fail the final. Okay, so you, you do a good job. I wouldn't you do say all he the failed the you final. You show up to class on time. He came into the final. He was hungover. He got 30% right and went home. Hey, like, that's okay, what fine. Maybe he still salvaged, maybe still salvaged a, a B plus, A minus, but it was damn ugly there at the end. It was. But when you look at the entire version of this and, and how this team was just destroyed by injury for a long time and multiple times with significant people out, you know, it's a. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty funny to look at. I, look, I hate complacency. Don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. I want this team. They should. The way that this team is constructed, they should win and they should get further. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but we've talked about this in the past. Expectations were high because of what happened last year. And I think the, the front office knew that. And, and they, they probably thought that last year was, you know, a little, was further than they were going to go. That's why Joe Girardi got fired. He was getting fired no matter what. They just made it more difficult for them and made it look worse because they got so far. They weren't expecting to get that far. Right. Yeah, it, it was a tough act to follow, honestly. Yeah, p- fans were expecting World Series, at least appearance in the World Series. So it's tough. it's tough to come into that despite the fact that they had a team that should have gotten there. And their team should be better next year. So what we're doing for the rest of this show is Scott... Is going to play GM, I'm going to play GM, and then everyone's going to tell us why we're morons. Sound good? <laughs> That's basically I, what's going to happen. I don't know about you, but I took um, the approach as, as if I was the GM, but also in the back of my mind, what do I think Brian Cashman could realistically do? Because I'm, I, 
I did not treat this like fantasy baseball. Well, we neither one of us did. We we made sure that we made that uh, up front. We said we were going right. to do this as more of a realistic approach to what the Yankees would do if this were truly our job and this was something we do. So we're not going pie in the sky like ridiculous trades that would not get approved on uh, on, on a game. Right. There's there's no uh, sports radio callers uh, calling in saying, okay, I want to trade blah, blah, blah. I want to trade Tyler Wade for Madison Bumgarner. And maybe Jacoby Ellsbury's contract can be taken by the Giants as well. That's not going to happen here, right? Correct. <laughs> That's, that right, is so correct. I, I had Tyler, uh, intern Tyler, helping me out, and you had intern Dom helping you out. So Yeah, why don't I, you I think we have, to, we have to call it former intern Dom at this point. He's now... He's now what graduate student Dom graduate at Syracuse. Yeah, he's fancy. Yeah. yeah, he's fancy now. Um, all right, all right you want why me don't to- you tell? Why, what's your overview? What, what was your overall strategy? High level thirty, like elevator pitch of off season. Okay, so my off season starts with pitching, and it is pitching heavy. I I was, I what I did is I looked at the at the at the season this year in 2018, and I was looking at deficiencies. Where are the deficiencies of this team? There were two solid areas that I could call out, and I think everybody will agree. There's no really disputing this. It was starting pitching that was just not getting um, any depth or just too many injuries. There was just a, a torrid of bad things that happened w- with some of the starting pitching. Runners in scoring position, hitting with runners in scoring position was another. Just It was, a, it was abysmal all year long, and it killed us in the end. Both of those. Starting pitching killed us, and not hitting with runners in scoring position killed us. Both of those. Not hitting home runs. Not not a lot of these other like you know fancy things that that people love to to see chicks dig the long ball. We did that too. Didn't work as well, right? So like, many long balls. They're selling a bat for how many long balls the Yankees hit. Yeah. So that was that was kind of my view and and what I did at first my the first approach that Dom and I did and we took we went through the payroll and we went up and down it and said who are the free agents, who's eligible for arbitration. We took all the arbitration numbers, plugged them in according to uh, MLB trade rumors. I just kind of used that as a baseline for what they projected. Just so we had a, a nice baseline. And then we started looking around the league at people, at, at trade candidates, at um, free agents, and started looking at where our areas were that we needed to do. And then also we, we get to look at the roster as it stands and who is currently there that is a free agent. And are you going to bring that back? Uh, and who are you not going to bring back and things like that? So that's kind of where we that's kind of where we started. Um, okay. Well, to, I want to ask you a question. So you mentioned your the two biggest areas you feel that need to be worked on are starting pitching and hitting with runners in scoring position. I agree with that. What do you think is easier to fix? Pitching. I do too because it's I think it's harder to point your finger at why they didn't hit with runners in scoring position. Why when the bases were loaded did they? just become historically bad it's it's kind of hard to figure out yes it's the strikeouts but there's still guys in that lineup that should be making that do make more contact that should be getting more hits with runners in scoring position so i agree with you uh that pitching is um while it may be more important it it may be also easier to fix especially with the way their payroll is shaking out yeah no absolutely I i think that is the way that they they have to approach it too and I just don't think Brian Cashman, Brian Cashman sees these guys, and maybe this is part of it too, the reason I went you know, more uh, on, on the higher side of pitching, but uh, Brian Cashman um, you know, sees this offense in front of him, sees these young guys, this, this, this core of young guys, 
and realizes that right now is the time. I mean, we all had 2019 circled a couple of years ago as the year yeah. that they would probably be ready to yeah. compete. They're ahead they of schedule. They traded Miller away. They yeah. traded Chapman away. We're like, okay, let's see what this team looks like in 2019. Exactly. And so he knows now that he's in the prime of, of the careers for a lot of these guys. And he's, he's got to capitalize on it at this point, or at least, at least approaching the prime of, uh, with some of them. But Judge, you could argue he's in the prime of his career right now or getting, yep. getting right into it. Um, so pitching is the, the one way you can go and, and either um, you know, look outside the organization um, and, and revamp it as much as possible because they've done their, they've done their jobs with – I did not go into international free you know, pool money and stuff like that. What we know is that they've, they've loaded up on international pool money and yeah. they've done a really good job in signing these guys and we'll see them three to four years down the line. And I, I, and I think they've, they've loaded up on pitchers. We saw a lot of catchers in the draft. Uh, you see up the middle, they're, they're loading up as much as they possibly can. So I think they're, um, they're hoping a lot of those guys will pan out, or at least a few of them. Well, discussing international free agents is not as fun because at that point, it's just regurgitating scouting reports. And right. Fine. Like this guy thinks he's an A-grade a scouting tool. I guess I have to trust his opinion because he's watching him every day. But I think the depth is, is, what, the, is what the point is <clears> there, is. right? They, they, they loaded up on it, and they've, it. and they've thrown as much money as they possibly can at that so they can bring on more people and throw darts. Right. Yeah. You, so you, you don't want to trade away like Tommy Canley for some international pool money. No, I'm not going to do that in my plan. I'm not going <laughs> to okay, do that. Well, I guess I got to, I guess you're not going to like that, that point in my, no, <laughs> uh, my, so here's my high level overview, just like you focused on the pitching, really mainly focused on the starting rotation because it was, it was bad all season and it got, it, it got, um, it got so bad in the playoffs. They could not overcome it. Three innings is not something you can overcome. This is they're not the Tampa Bay Rays. They're not the Milwaukee Brewers. They don't they were not managed like that all season. I understand they only asked their guys to go five innings a lot of the times, but if they could at least have gotten five innings in the playoffs, then maybe they'd be advancing to the ALCS. That didn't happen. So starting pitching is number one. And then number two is I needed to I took a long and hard look at some of the aging veterans on this team and tried to think logically what they should do with them. And I had to make a really tough decision in the outfield. So that, that's another oh, thing. Why do I have a feeling we're going to have the exact same plan? Because, you know, we've been talking Yankees baseball because together now for, what, three-plus years? So it's yeah. going to be the same plan. We, it's, it's sort we of have like not talked what, about this together, by the way. This is no. we, we made sure that we didn't tell each, either one of us uh, the, the plan. So this will be the first time we're hearing it. And this is unusual for us because normally we have a shared notes document. Yeah. And we're just sort of, we plow through different discussion points and then riff from there. But this time we're totally in the dark. So I, I hope you didn't have, the, we don't have the same plans, but it wouldn't surprise me because I, what's that saying that when you, uh, when dogs and dog owners start to look alike? Yeah, right. I know. I don't know who the dog, I don't know who the dog is in this situation, but uh, you spend enough time, you talk to somebody enough, you're going to start thinking like that person. All right. So I'll start. How about go, that? Go for it. Okay. So I'm going to talk about just uh, the moves that I've made and, and then we can discuss them. Okay. Yeah. So we'll start with the starting pitching. The uh, obviously we have Severino Tanaka coming back, um, and this is, by the way, so everybody understands, this is assuming this plan assumes that we actually do sign this person, right? We go out and we uh, and we get if if it's a free agent, we will sign them. Um, so Patrick Corbin is the number one starting pitcher on the free agent market. Everybody knows that um, he'll be in age thirty starting next year. He's twenty nine now. Um, we have he actually turns 29 in July 29 okay fine the um we have a it's one year better 
uh, on here looking at just like different precedents. Uh, my numbers may be a little off. And again, that's a, another caveat. Our numbers will probably be a little off, but we'll, we'll get them close. We were looking at like you Darvish's contract and um, that was kind of where we were as a, as, a, as a precedent, like where he was. Darvish had is a little older, had some injuries, um, but Corbin also, you know, he's uh, maybe not as established. Anyway, so we're signing him. Uh, I had a six-year, $150 million contract. Uh, puts him about 25 per year, give or take. Damn. So I just Wikipedia'd him, and apparently he he is already 29. I, I was wrong on that. Yeah, I thought so. I didn't. I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was pretty confident so in my six, research six, and, and my uh, and my assistant. Six at 25 million a year. You think it's going to take that much? I do because I'm looking back and, you know, it's hard to gauge what happened last year and, and use that as precedent because it was such a weird free agent year. But at the end of the day, you Darvish waited for so long and still got a really big contract with way more years than I was expecting. Maybe that was because they it was, a, a you know, more of a panic and he they waited so long that Darvish actually became in the driver's seat um, <clears throat> because they were taking so long. But I don't know. It was really hard to use as a precedent. But if you start looking back, um, you know, I think there's a lot of money being saved up and I think there's gonna be a lot of competition for Corbin. So yeah, I think that's, that's what it's going to take something around there. there is, but the thing against Corbin that Darvish, so Darvish had more history of success. Mm-hmm. Corbin has had one phenomenal year this past season yep. and then t- 2015 to 2017, he was, he was okay. Yeah. He wasn't great. So if you're a team, if you're a GM, I mean, it's going to be hard for his agent to argue that he's going to be 2018 Corbin going forward. You have to sort of take a, a blending of all of it. It's true. He's also healthy, uh, whereas Darvish definitely had some uh, you know, baggage as far as his injury. And I mean, it came up to bite sure. them again. And he was coming off of a horrible World Series uh, you know, playoff performance with the Dodgers. So, I mean, like everything was bad for Darvish and he still got that money. Um, All right, so now the rotation for your team has Severino, Tanaka, and Corbin as one, two, three. Yes, Severino. Cor- uh, okay, so um, we talked about hard decisions. There were there were two hard decisions on, on this roster right this year, and it was you circle Brett Gardner and you circle CC Sabathia. Again, like we talked about, we're kind of keeping in the back of our minds what Cashman will most likely do as well. Um, I do think that they're going to bring CC back. I personally, as far as the baseball player. I think we're going to see a very short-lived CC Sabathia if he comes back. I just don't think he's going to have a lot of success. You know, I think he he may be you know decent early, but I think he's going to really struggle. He's getting older; those knees are becoming a real big problem. They've been a problem, but they're becoming an even bigger problem, and he's going to be another year older. So um, that being said, I am bringing him back. Uh, I think I had him on like a eight million or an eight or nine million dollar contract for a one-year deal. It was like a million less than he had this past year. Was ten million. Um, but, but he's also going to be like a sixth starter at this point because I'm making a trade baby. Uh, and I'm signing somebody J hap, bringing him back. Loved what I saw with J hap. He's Mr. Consistent. I think the Yankees need that. They need that, that guy in the, uh, in the rotation who they know will go out there. He reminds me of Jimmy key back with, if you're, if you're, uh, an early nineties, um, Yankees follower, Jimmy key was like, you just knew you had an opportunity to win every time Jimmy Key came out there. Um, you know, Musina is a similar type of guy in that sense. You just Musina knew you was had better than Jimmy. he was better. There's no doubt, but he was. But he, you just knew that there was an opportunity to win on every, any given day. Um, so uh-huh. I'm signing uh, Hap. Uh, I'll come back to the contract. I don't remember what I had on here. Wrong mouse. Um, so Hap's coming back uh, for agent. That's two. I think I had him at 16 million. I was uh, for how long? Th- uh, it was a two-year 
deal with a uh, third-year option I think I had. Team option or player mutual, like an incentive option if he hits a certain number of innings or something like that? Yes, I think that's what it was. All right. Sure. That's, I mean, so, I mean, it's a little risky. I mean, that means you're, you're potentially having a guy into his uh, third, I believe his 39 season. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's definitely risky for, for what you're going to do, but you have to, he's going to get it. I mean, you look back at what Rich Hill got um, and, you know, you're. And look how that's worked out for the Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, it's worked. It's, it's, it's worked to a, to a, eh, to a point. It's worked. He's still pitching. It's worked ish. It's kind of worked. I, I guess the good news is that J-Hap doesn't have the blister issues. No that, blisters, that no soft fingers, no Yawai skin. Knock on wood. No, no, $16 million is is um, unsurprisingly the exact same number I gave Hap, uh, not to give away my plan, but it's comparable to what guys like Rich Hill and John Lackey got coming off good years in their age 36 seasons. Well, and you can also... So I think there's a precedent. You can it. even go back to Hiroki Kuroda, and Kuroda was coming in, and it was a one-year deal when Kuroda was signed. Right. He was doing one year. But he was doing, what, 16, 17 million, I think, at that point. <clears throat> um, I don't know exactly what it was, but yeah, it was in that range. And um, he was sort of just basically like, a okay, every year he came back, and the Yankees were like, do you want to come back for another one? Until he said no, so... But I think Hap is going to go for, for more than just the one year. I totally agree. I, I, don't think, I don't think he would sign for a one year. He hasn't shown that he's you know, breaking down at all. Like, there's no oh, signs no, I'm of that saying, right But I'm saying for, for him and his agent, I, they're not going to agree to a one-year deal. I, I totally agree. There's no reason for them to. Um, all right, so that is uh, right now that's, that's five guys in this rotation, yeah? Um, I'm not, well, you said CeCe's a sixth starter, so. He's the, yeah, but right, he's the, the fifth one so far. Um, so the next one, I am removing somebody, and that's Mr. Sonny Gray. I am saying good riddance to Sonny uh, Gray. Pour one out for him. I saw you're drinking some red wine. Pour yeah, one out I ran him. out of beer, so I'm drinking red wine. I feel like I should be Sonny. Sonny Gray is gone. I don't have to talk about him. I don't have to look at him. I'm shipping him to the West Coast. Until he, until to, he pitches well against the Yankees. Nah, I'm shipping him to the West Coast, to the San Francisco Giants. We're not going to okay. see him. We're, he's going to oh, be God, gone for back? a long time. And we're going to probably have to give a little bit of money on this contract because Sonny Gray is, uh, I think, penciled in for like $9 million next year, which is Arbitration. a freaking robbery. But it's about that. Um, uh, and and uh, so I'm looking at, like, what would they give up possibly for Sonny Gray? Guy with potential, big ballpark in San Francisco. This could actually be a good move for him, right? Going out to San Francisco, the Bay Area, he's familiar with it. Um, so the guy that we're bringing back is Hunter Strickland. Hunter Strickland was started the season as their closer, Punched a wall, was not in a not in a good situation with. Oh them. God, here we go. <laughs> we, we had Kevin Brown punch a wall in two thousand four. Yeah. Now we're bringing in another guy who punches walls. Yeah, he punches walls. He's a, he's he's angry. He throws the ball hard. He's he's uh the 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 next um, Kyle Farnsworth, but can pitch. So uh, Hunter Strickland, Hunter Strickland's coming back, and he's thirty years old, but he's actually in his first year of arbitration, so he's controlled, which is which is a good thing. Um, but he's got the stuff. He's got really good stuff. Um, he didn't come back from the injury we'll as see. well, but this is a guy that, you know, it's, it, it's, it just, I, it smells like Cashman, uh, over and over again. Like, you know, Cashman's going and looking for, for something, turning, turning a, a pile of dog shit into something that's going to actually help the team. Um, so you're, you're basically just giving up on Sonny Gray for a bullpen arm. Yes. Well, I mean, Hunter Strickland's a, a good bullpen arm. I don't think they're going to get anything for him. Um, I don't think they can get right. anything I mean, for him. The, the word. The Cashman between the season that Sonny Gray had and him just publicly saying in that press conference that the best scenario for him is to be traded. There is no leverage there. No. Uh, it's funny because uh, Michael Fairman in the, in the comments said, 
Bryce Harper will enjoy having Strickland on the team. Strickland was the guy who threw that invoked that that brawl between the Giants and the Na- uh, Nationals. Ooh, yeah, I got I got news for you, Michael. Bryce Harper has also fought with Papelbon, didn't he? In the dugout when they're on the same team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see, Papelbon's douchebag a, relief pitchers and Bryce Harper they just don't mix. <laughs> um, so that's that's what's happening here. Um, and then he said Bryce Harper. I this is the one of the big things in in my plan. I'm not bringing in Bryce Harper, and I'm not signing Manny Machado. I'm not signing either one of those guys. I don't think it's in the best interest for the New York Yankees right now, the way that they stand and the way that this team looks currently, to go out and sign another guy for a 10 years because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take 8 to 10 years to sign these guys, a ridiculous amount of money, and they already have one. And guess what? Aaron Judge is going to need some more money soon. Gary Sanchez, if he comes back and plays like we, we think he can, is going to need some more money soon. Glaber Torres at some point is going to need money. Didi's going to need money. God, God willing, he comes back healthy. There's a lot of people that are going to need to be paid. You have two 10-year deals, massive contracts on the books. Not good business. Not good business. So we're not doing that. We're not going to play that game. And uh, the so Sonny Gray's going to San Francisco. I said $3 million of Sonny Gray's contract. And I might even give up Luis Sessa <laughs> because I think that <laughs> We're going to have to give up stuff, stuff unfortunately. Well, you're not, you, you might not even have to do that because it's going to go to an arbitration hearing, so you might just get the Giants to, to just take that on. Uh, you, might, you might not get even Hunter Strickland back. You might just get no, somebody, Hunter Strickland's a bit some of a stretch wing in a prayer, some wing in a prayer for Sonny Gray. All right, so now we are moving on to... Um, so that also says... There's, um, I, I said two, two, there were two hard contracts for me to... Um, to make a decision on, I should have said three because Hunter Strickland coming in does mean the end of David Robertson as a New York Yankee. I don't think they're going to be able to personally. I don't think they're going to, I, if I'm David Robertson, I don't know how I'm signing back with the Yankees. I really don't see it. He could still get closer money. He's still effective. He could be a closer. He could probably get a three-year deal at this point. He fired his agent. I know I saw that, but he's younger than Mark Melanson when he got his contract and he could get that money. So I don't, I just don't think they're going to be able to afford him um, for the role that he'll be in because he can get closer money. So we're saying goodbye to David Robertson for the second time. Love you, David. I just, uh, I think you're going to make more money somebody else and, uh, and be able to donate more money to High Sox for Hope. So there you go. We're helping tornado victims in uh, Louisiana or Oklahoma yeah, or wherever. All right. Hey, so you, you've got charity on the mind. I got it. I do. I'm a, you know, I, li- I like to uh, give back to the people. Um, all right. So here's my big move. My big move is going to make a, uh, another decision that was very difficult. Um, we're not re-signing Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner is not coming back to this team. And you did that too. I can already tell by what you were saying earlier. Uh, this was something, when you're looking at the way he ended the season, the, he was a, a bench player. He's, um, yes, he could play left and center. Uh, but I, there, are, there are guys on this team who can do that. Um, I just think he's, he's tailing off. And the money that it would have been to sign, they would have had, there's a, there's, it's a $12.5 million option, but it's a $2 million buyout net 10.5. and a half. So yep. there's things that can happen there. You can get younger. Um, it's, it's not an easy decision. I love Brett Gardner. Um, I just think it's uh, the way that this, this roster shakes out, it's, it's about time. Um, so what we're doing is we are making a trade with the Arizona Diamondbacks. We're going to gut the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are open for business because I do think they're going to trade uh, Goldschmidt. And as soon as they do that, it's, the floodgates are going to open. Um, we're making a trade for Robbie Ray and David Peralta. David Peralta is a 30, 31-year-old left fielder. Um, he had a good year last year, 30, 30 home runs, um, high, ni- high 90s RBI, somewhere in there. 
And then Robbie Ray is a guy who has a very high strikeout ratio. I think he was like 12 per nine or 11 per, per nine. Um, he does walk some guys, doesn't go the deepest in the games, but he's he's also coming back from an injury. He, he hurt his oblique last year in the beginning of the season, but came back. His last eight to 10 starts were really good. Um, so that's 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 a guy that we're circling. Robbie Ray is also a guy who can come out of the bullpen if need be. Uh, so it does give a little bit of flexibility uh, for for the roster as well. And then Peralta is a guy who hits lefties really well or hits righties really well. He's um, a lot of power, obviously, but he's he, he possibly could be platooned with a right-handed bat. He goes in there, um, and, and I think that 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 is perfect scenario for having Clint Frazier on the team. You have a Clint Frazier in left field with uh, David Peralta. They can go back and forth. They can platoon, who play the hot hand. The other guy could play uh, as the the fourth outfielder. Um, and uh, in the deal I had given up, and I'm not sure if this is enough, so they, I may be wrong on this one, but who knows. I'm giving up Chance Adams, Domingo Aceveda, and um, uh, Estrada, the shortstop. Uh, and there may be another low-level prospect that probably has to be in there, maybe four or five guys in this one. Um, but they're both controlled for, or Ray is, uh, Peralta's controlled for two more years. Ne- next year and 2020, he becomes an undrafted free agent in 21. Um, so that that is um, that's my that's pretty much my big trade, and the other piece of news that I'm I'm, bre- I'm bringing back Neil Walker. I like what Neil Walker brought to this team. I like the flexibility he brought. I'm bringing back Hatcheveria. I really like Hatcheveria a lot. Uh, he can play short and he can play third base, especially with Didi being out. We don't need the offense. We need the defense. We need the glove. So he can play shortstop. If uh, if if Torres wants to get over to shortstop occasionally, they can do that. Um, because Neil Walker can play second or third. Hatcheveria can play third. It gives, a, it gives Boone a lot of flexibility if Andujar is not living up to his expectations as far as defense at third base. Uh, Andujar is my starting third baseman. I think he's going to improve this year on defense. Um, and then I'm going to have Luke Voigt and Greg Bird. go. Uh, they're, they're, going to, um, they're going to battle it out for first base. But I think Luke Voigt right now is the leader in the clubhouse and has the job as of right now because of what he did. Um, the other thing that I'm doing is I'm extending Aaron Hicks. Uh, Aaron Hicks is getting oh, a contract. I thought you were going to say something else. You, nope. you got the wrong Aaron. No, 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 not yet. I'm not, not, not doing judge yet. I'm extending Aaron Hicks. Um, Hicks is uh, going to be a free agent next year. They got to sure up center field. Center field is, going to, is, is right now probably, you know, if you look past this year and you don't have an Aaron Hicks, it's a big question mark. Um, because What about Florio? Florio's not ready, and he's stinking it up in the Arizona Fall League right now. Coming off of an injury, he's just not ready. He's not going to be ready next year. I think he's going to take another two years probably, um, you know, if he pans out. It, we all know how, how risky they are. So, um, What are the numbers on Hicks? Uh, Hicks, I had I, – I, I did it similar. It's similar. The, pres, the precedent was um, – I keep using the wrong mouse um, – was Matt Cain and Dexter Fowler. And, Matt Cain? Yep. You mean Kemp? No, Matt Cain, Matt Cain, the Royals center fielder when he signed that deal. It was oh, a, Lorenzo Cain. Lorenzo Cain, sorry. No, Matt, Matt Cain. Matt Cain was the pitcher. Right, Lorenzo Cain, you're right. Matt Cain was the pitcher. <laughs> My bad. Um, the uh, the deal, a five-year, $80 million. And it may be more than that. It may have to be like five-year, 90, five-year, 85, somewhere around there. Okay. That's a lot of moves. <sighs> you revamped a lot there. I don't think I, I mean, revamped a lot. It's I not tweaked, unrealistic. I things. I Nothing was unrealistic, things. but that's a lot of moves. That's a that's a pretty big roster overhaul for uh, for a team that won 100 games. And 
that's a lot of Diamondbacks coming in. <laughs> when you include Corbin plus the trade with the Diamondbacks, you're, you're banking on those Arizona Diamondbacks coming. It didn't work out well with Drury last time, although it did turn into um, it did work out for J-Hab. it did work out for Didi though, didn't it? Um, the, the, it's true. <laughs> the uh, the thing about the the Diamondbacks one, they're a talented team. They they just didn't put it together. They had a ton they of. They were talent in the playoffs. They were in the playoffs the previous year, and they were they were probably, you know, going into it, they were one of the definitely one of the. Uh, uh, the favorites. I mean, they're a very talented. Well, I remember group. when the Dodgers got off to a rough start this year, people were saying, well, maybe the Diamondbacks are the dark horse team. And then it ended up being the Rockies who came out of that division. Yeah. Um, but they also have a ton of guys up for arbitration. So there's going to be a lot of salary bumps on that team. They're not going to be able to keep everybody. It's just not going to happen. And they have a lot so of redundant players. What do the, do you have the final number on salary? What does yeah. it look like? Yeah. So my final number was right around two eighteen. So we're around 220. Okay, so that's over the luxury tax. You I, don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I said I came into this saying 225 was probably where I was gonna cap like I was gonna try to be around 225. That's where I was going And to that's be. still within the first penalty. So the luxury tax for 2019 is two estimated 206 million. But again So two two eighteen would be in that first penalty bucket. The uh, Stanton no, I didn't say Stanton. Sorry, Stanton's on the team. No, Stan's on the yeah, team. I, th- for sure. I, I thought you would have mentioned that if you were, if you were trying to get rid of Stan. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the other thing I didn't mention: there's too many things to talk about within like ten minutes. I am eating Ellsbury's contract and kicking him to the curb and saying I don't care. It's a bad debt. You're not going to help this team. You haven't played baseball in a year. You were terrible when you played baseball. You're worthless. You you're you've done nothing for this team. It was a bad mistake. Brian Cashman's going to own it and say goodbye. And that's it. It does. It's not Brian Cashman owning it. It's Hal Steinbrenner agreeing. They're going to gonna it. own it and say goodbye because they have to pay him anyway, no, whether he's on this happen. team or not. It, look, it's it's going to happen whether they say it or the, or he's just not there. You know, like he's injured again or something. He mentioned him by name, I think, in an interview last week that he should be healthy next year. Whatever. Yeah, of course he's saying that. It's all bullshit. He is not going to be part of this team. There's no way you could bring that guy back. Because well, he's bringing him back, he's already here. He is bringing him. They're bringing him back, and, and you know what? It's going to be on. If that is the case, are you going to bring back Brett Gardner and Ellsbury? No, no, you can't do that. It's not possible. so. You know what the other horrible thing is? The narrative for that is exactly this: it's Jacoby Ellsbury for Brett Gardner. Yep. Yankee fans will kill him. Kill him. Yep. I, I guess I'm not going to be a popular GM. <laughs> oh, we all knew that yours is going to be the 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 lightning rod. The the definitely more polar. Polarizing. No, it's uh, not. It's really not. Honestly, I, it's a logical approach. Uh, before we get into it, though, I want to tell everyone about SeatGeek. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of rely- reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. It searches multiple ticket sites and grades every ticket based on value. It's easily color-coded. Go for the green seats. Those are usually the good ones. SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. I use them for one of the Yankees playoff game. I know Scott has used them for some Jets tickets. I've used them for the theater in the past, so it's an app that both of us use quite frequently. And best of all, our listeners right now can get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase by downloading the app and entering promo code BRONX today. Again, that's promo code BRONX, and you get $20 off your first purchase. So, you so ready for my... Yeah, but let me, let me tell you quickly just a couple guys that I was 
that I said no to or, or, or whatnot. And then, um, uh, unless you want to go first, then we can talk about the, the, no, people, the people we turned down. So, um, there were other outfielders that were definitely up for consideration. Like I, I definitely think they're going to have, they have to get another outfielder the way, which is crazy when you think about how, um, it was the deepest do, position. Yeah. Unless they actually bring back, back Ellsbury, unless the, if that actually happens, then some of these things, then like if, if then that I would be just trading for Ryby Ray, I probably wouldn't bring in Peralta, but God help me. I would rather have Peralta. Um, <laughs> Uh, Michael Brantley was a guy that people, uh, you know, we were talking about Dom really liked him. I, I thought he was going to be too expensive um, and he could probably get a good amount of money because he had a good year. Carlos Gonzalez is another one of those guys that like he's coming up. He's, he's, he's not the same Carlos Gonzalez, but he's still putting up good numbers. Um, so he was a consideration. Marwin Gonzalez, I think he's going to be too much. He's been a flashy name in the headlights. Um, and then uh, 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 McCutcheon obviously was was a consideration, but again, I think he's going to get. I think he's going to be too much as well. He's going to get more money. Away. Yeah. I stayed away from a lot of those guys because I was thinking about well, how much money are they really going to spend in the outfield? Yeah, they have Stanton who's making close to thirty million dollars. They have Judge who they want to be there for the next ten years and are going to have to pay him. They have Hicks, like you said, who they love and will have to pay, and they have Ellsbury just sitting there. Whether you pay him to go away or not, it's still on the payroll. Right. So no. how much money are they going to stick in the outfield? So I, I didn't see any of those guys happening. And, and that's, took, that's why I went Peralta, just so you know. That's why I went Peralta because he's still, he's still cheap at this point, and he's still controlled for right, another and, year after and this. And they love, they love those controllable guys. Yeah. That was the whole reason they, they picked up um, Jury. Yep. Um, and then the guys that I did not sign, I did not sign Britton um, because, I, again, I think he's going to get closer money somewhere. Uh, he's going to be too expensive. Who else didn't I sign? Uh, Lance Lynn is not coming back. Um, McCutcheon, as I said, is not coming back. And oh, AJ Cole, I kicked his ass to the curb badly. I kicked it hard. Um, I think that's it, right? That's all the other Neil Walker and Hedgebury. I'm resigning. That's it. Yep. Cool. So my, my starting rotation is going to be very similar to yours. I gave Hap two years and 32 million. So 16 million a year. Like I said, it's very comparable to what other guys have had. What did you say Corbin's contract total value was? I think I had 150. 150. So I'm signing him five years, 100 million. That's 20 million. Okay. And the reason is because he's had one year that's been great. That was 2018, a contract year. He threw 200 innings. He has a th- had a 315 ERA with a 247 FIP. It was phenomenal. Uh, he struck out 11 uh, batters a game. His fastball velocity was up. All that great stuff. But it was only one year. 2015 to 2017, he threw a total of 430 innings to a 435 ERA. That's got to come into play when you're talking to this guy's agent. I and mean, if it doesn't, it, it, I don't know if I go six years, 150. I know you are, we're targeting him because he is the best and young. I don't know. He's not the best starting pitcher, but he is the, the best for the value because uh, Keiko's older. Uh, Kershaw, if he if he opts he's not out. opted. I I, I had I, before I did this. I didn't see the contract. He's getting like thirty some million guaranteed. He ain't right. opting out. He's gonna at least get want that if he opts out, which I don't think he's gonna opt out. And his back issues scare the hell out of me. He's a Dodger for life, so I, I didn't even really consider it. Uh, Ch- uh, Charlie Morton, like no thanks. So I don't want Keiko either, man. I can't look at him. I don't either. Corbin is still in his prime. He's just entering his prime as far as him, maybe not age, but him finding his own. Maybe he's a late bloomer. So I think five years, $100 million for a guy who two years ago wasn't going to sniff that can get it done. 
Um, the only th- reason I'll, I'll, I'll balk at that a little bit is because of the competition. I think there's going to be a lot of competition for Corbin, and I think that's going to drive the, the price up. And when you look at, at comps for free agent guys at the top of the market, because he is the guy, if not one of the top three at the top of the market, you know, and you look at you, Darvish, who the injury concerns are there. Like, what's better? A guy that doesn't have as much, that he's been good, but healthy as well, but and then showing the the fact that he's really good now or that had a great year now, or a guy that's flashed, shown shown well, but is really an injury risk. I don't know which one's worse um, with the with the amount of uh, with the, with the contract. I'd rather go for the healthy guy that's showing his his stuff and showing he's in his prime. You realize that would be almost almost as big of a contract they gave Sabathia. Yeah, two thousand nine. Okay, but okay, the numbers really haven't changed much from two thousand nine. If you look at if you look again, at the, I used Darvish's contract as precedent. That was where I was. All right. <clears throat> so I'm I'm signing Corbin. I'm trying to get him for twenty million a year for five years, which I think is doable. Um, I'm re-signing Sabathia to a $5 million deal with $5 million in incentives. So 10, 10 million total contract value. He gets two and a half million if he makes 20 starts and another two and a half million if he makes 25 starts. And if he doesn't want to do that, sorry, big fella. Thanks for the memories. Let's move on. If Sabathia doesn't sign, then I move on to Lance Lynn and I re-sign Lance Lynn. Wow. for a similar contract because he can just eat those innings. Basically, I am filling as much durability in that rotation so I can use that fifth starter job for Sheffield, Adams, Herman, Loisica, somebody to compete for that spot in spring training with the hope and knowledge that Jordan Montgomery should be returning after the All-Star break. Right. It's kind of the, the lost thing. You can't count on Jordan Montgomery. I'm not counting on Jordan Montgomery, but he is a variable in this in this long-term rotation picture no i agree um I, I took the some of those considerations when i was looking at the at the minor leagues obviously justice sheffield is a is a factor in what happened montgomery is a factor or will be at least in the middle of the season um but the way i'm looking at it the way i, I i'm trying to be in brian cashman's brain and the way um that i think that we made the mistake last year and I, I didn't want him to do it last year too and i think it was a mistake i i if i if i was him i would have gone a similar route um and it turned out to be a mistake where they didn't go deeper in starting pitching. And just the way that it is, the way that we've seen that the the playoffs and the teams that are winning, what's happening? They're 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 getting good starting pitching. That's what's happening. It's true. It's true. Um they're getting the the timely starting pitching though, which is impossible to try and plan for. What what they what at least you can do with this rotation that both you and I have put together is get durability throughout the season. Which can do, which can do numbers. No, absolutely, numbers. and that's that's what that's why CC so, you know, it's a it's a nostalgic contract. That's what it is. It's it's a, but fine, it's a but thank he, you what you've done. But he's, his numbers of when he's pitching in that's the thing they've been. So there. if you're only asking him to make tw- he made twenty nine starts, I believe this year. If you're only asking it's him like to make twenty two, if you're only asking him to throw hundred and fifteen innings, maybe he's pretty healthy come come October. Yeah. It just so. it, the the problem with that is you're throwing wrenches into other things, and I know there's other guys, but okay, moving forward. Yeah, I guess it is a lot of stuff going on. But uh, so bullpen right now, if they did nothing, the only guys that are locks are Chapman, Batances, Green, and Holder. Um, I am re-signing David Robertson to one year and nine million dollars. I I honestly think the fact that he fired his agent means he wants to come back to the Yankees, and he would take a hometown discount. Um, I would go up to two years for David Robertson at. 18 million. So the same 9 million AAV on Robertson. And I'm signing Adam out of, you know, out of Colorado. 
Um, I was basically plowing through rosters, plowing through free agent guys, seeing who stood out to me um, from a bullpen standpoint. His numbers jumped out. 75 games this year, 77 and two-thirds innings. That would have been the most by any Yankee reliever this year. He had a 243 ERA and a 274 FIP. That's in Colorado. 112 strikeouts in just 77 innings and a .91 whip. Best of all, he allowed a 467 OPS to right-handed batters. And Houston and Boston have tremendous right-handed hitting. I think he could be a really valuable Adam Warren on steroids for that bullpen. <laughs> Until he gets busted for steroids. Um, no, he was, he was as definitely... As it's no longer when he's with the Yankees. <laughs> that that's, uh, it was a guy who was on my, uh, on, my, on my list at some point. He's, that would be a good signing. And I think they do need to... Um, address another guy. Uh, I, I, my, I, I don't see, I don't see Robertson signing for, for 9 million. I, I just, he would be leaving. It's going to take more per he year. He would be more leaving years. so much money on the table. Um, and I, I just, I don't believe in these hometown discounts. Honestly, I don't think that they're a real thing. I think these guys have families and at the end of the day, they're trying to get as much money. They're trying to capitalize on their playing career because they're not long careers. Uh, you know, when you think about a, a playing any kind of a career, they're, they got to capitalize when they can, and he would be foolish to take a one-year, $9 million contract with the Yankees if I'm David Well, Robertson. then why did he fire his agent? I, I have no idea why he fired his agent, but I, I don't think it's just because he's going to sign a hometown deal. You're, okay, you're well, saying he's he, just trying to save the percentage so that, that, that the smaller contract oh, is, is going to be a little bit more in his pocket? I have, I have no clue. Maybe he's thinking that he doesn't want to play for another three years and that he only wants to do one more year, and it's more important about him pitching where he wants to pitch. I, I have no clue. That's I'm a lot of nice things to go on. I'm that, speculating. Yeah. I, mean, if that's I would, the case, I would go two years, though. at eight, And I think $18 million for two years or one year $9 million as far as market value is pretty fair for Robertson, especially when he's going to be competing with guys like Britton and Andrew Miller this offseason. He's yeah. not going to be the number one or the number two or even really the number three bullpen target. Kimbrell is also a free agent. Right. There's a lot of guys that are going to be signed before David Robertson is going to be signed. And I understand that if all these guys are getting big money, well, there's only so many teams that are going to be willing to give it to, well, to bullpen arms. And that's the thing. You're looking so at So he those... might be left standing there, and then he might have his tail between his legs. Or he's the guy that everybody's like, oh, okay, I could pay this much for Kimbrell, this much for... Um, Miller, who's been well, injured, and then they see David Robertson, who's been like Mr. Consistent and, and just gets out of jams consistently and pitches a lot and is effective still, and they can get him for you know a third of the cost, a half the cost, whatever it is, two thirds of the cost, you know, and then they can go into so maybe he's more attractive because of that. Uh, you don't know. You're right. This is all speculation. Um, yeah. I hope he comes back. It's not to say that I, I would love him. I think he makes this team better. I just think he's going to get more money somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, and I'm willing to bump that up a little bit. Um, but again, you're just trying to. I'm just trying to guess what these guys are going to get. Yeah. Infield, I'm really not doing much. Um, Gary Sanchez has to have a bounce back year. It has to happen. Yep. And Austin Romine, I think, peaked in 2018. I spent a solid two hours trying to come up with a trade for, for Austin Romine where Brian Cashman could do another Aaron Hicks type deal like he got for John Ryan Murphy. But I, I just could, I couldn't think of a team dumb enough to, to fall for that a third time. They fell for it for Cervelli. They fell for it for John Ryan Murphy. They're not going to fall a third time for it on the Yankees' backup catcher. So Romine's back is the backup. I mean, Cer you got Cervelli's Higgy still playing. I know. Hey, Cervelli's... I, I, I just needed to... Three, having three examples sounded bad. <laughs> and, and John Ryan Murphy was ridiculous. John Ryan Murphy was a younger guy. I think that maybe they, they definitely saw something more in him that he was going to be a long-term fixture, but did not. Minnesota was like, here, take our first-round draft pick problem. Yes. 
That's what happened. Thank you very much. Now I'm giving him six years. <laughs> um, I'm not spending money on first base right. because I think that they can. Um, they're good. It's Greg Bird and Luke Voigt with Neil Walker there. I'm re-signing Neil Walker, especially with Didi's injury. I think re-signing Neil Walker and Hechevaria, like you said, become mandatory. Neil Walker, I'm giving him the same contract one year four million dollars he had a negative 0.1 war this year so if he asks for more money i tell him you are a negative value player this year and and also you're, you're remind him the same money how many people passed on him last year and, and right because he came in very end of the year you want to wait around until the last weekend yeah. of march or you can take this four million dollars and i think he'll sign it hedge of a rear, you realize he made 5.9 million dollars last year i did not realize until we did this <laughs> yes and I think now, because Didi is out, he has leverage. So he I does. think you're going to have to give him like $6 million. I, I think that's where I had it. I think I had it at $6 million somewhere around there. I might have even gone yeah. off in that. So I said one year, $6 million for Hechevaria. And then my, the last of my infield plans. I gave him seven. Plans, I had $7 million on Hechevaria. Okay, yeah. It might take that. The last of my infield plans are I finally figured out a job for Ronald Torres. You're going to love this. Oh, God. You fly him to wherever M- Miguel Andujar lives. And you have him hit fungos the entire offseason until his arms fall off at Miguel Andujar, who has to throw it to a bucket. And the more he gets it in the bucket, the more... Um, Bucket's kind of low. You're going to put the bucket on something? Yeah, you're gonna, Greg Bird's going to hold the bucket. Greg Bird's, gonna, no, Greg Bird's not going to catch it. He's going to hold the bucket. Yes, you don't <laughs> want him potentially injuring himself by right. catching a baseball. Uh, Miguel smart, Andujar smart. needs to take at least 1,000 ground balls a day for the entire winter. Would you agree? A thousand percent. It's <laughs> like all he does this winter is take ground balls. This is exactly what we were talking about. We need, we need, um, we need him. Like the uh, his, his idol. We talked about this before. Um, Beltre. Be- Beltre. Thank you. Adrian Beltre is his guy. That's like that's his dude. Adrian Beltre is one of the best fielding third basemen we've seen in a long time. Go hang out with him. Find out what you need to do, and be a better third baseman. Fix those feet. It's the feet are a huge problem. I am uh, so when I, I I seriously thought about signing Machado and I was trying to come up with what would be a realistic contract. It was ten years, three hundred million dollars. That was like the number I kept landing on again. And I cannot justify signing Manny Machado when I trust the young offensive players on this team, Miguel Andujar and Glaber Torres, to either repeat or even be better next year. I think Glaber Torres was not healthy in the second half. I agree. And I think if he's, if he's healthy for an entire season, he's a guy who hits with runners in scoring position. Remember we talked about up until he got injured, he had some of the best numbers on the team with runners in scoring yeah, position. He, how many three-run home runs contact. did he have early in the season? Right. He makes contact. Miguel Andujar doesn't strike out. Those are two guys that you can theoretically have in your lineup. I believe in both of them. I two, do two guys that won't strike out. And... Maybe you shift them around the order. Maybe Glaber Torres hits at the top of the order. Maybe he he hits second. Maybe Andujar hits sixth or seventh. You space them out a little bit. Maybe you take some strikeouts and move them around the order. But I do not think $300 million just because they did not hit with bases loaded this year, which I think is probably a little fluky, is worth it for Machado. I agree. I just, I don't, I don't think it, it, to me, it's, um, it's, it's the length of the contracts. That's the, the nail in the coffin for me with, with Harper and Machado. It's the uh, 10 years knowing that we have Stan. Look, we went out and made that trade last year and got John Carlos Stan a year before these two guys were going to get a similar contract. To me, when Brian Cashman made that trade, that was him signing his big free agent. 
in 2019. Exactly. That's exactly what he did last year, but he did it via trade. Um, so yep. that's that's uh, I agree with you. I, I just I don't I don't see how they can they can really make that work and then and then move forward. Um, Especially with the, the way guys. the pitching staff is. If the pitching staff that's didn't the require th- legitimately three holes to be filled, yeah. then maybe you could focus on Machado or Harper or somebody a little just like more fun, I guess, more flashy yeah. to add to the offense. But when the pitching is in disarray, I don't think disarray is an understatement for the starting rotation, how it was towards in the playoffs. No, um, it was a disaster. It really was. So you have to do, you have to concentrate on the starting pitching. Um, uh, the, go ahead. I was just saying people are, uh, I'm looking in the comments too. Uh, a couple of guys are asking about lefty on base, um, uh, high contact guys, lefty, uh, yeah. you know, where, I'm gonna where get to that, where's right that coming up? Okay. Yeah. So the outfield, uh, you have, I already said this, so much money in the outfield and so much money you're going to be planning with for the outfield. Judge is coming back, right field, Hicks, center field. I want Clint Frazier to get a full look in, in left field. He is my starting left fielder. I hope to God those concussion issues are, are resolved with a full off season. When's the last time he played? He didn't really play after August, right? They shut him down? Yeah, no, yeah. He had a couple of rehabs and then it came back. So it's going to be a solid nine months. Hopefully yeah. I've been gone. seeing on my Instagram, man. He's all over the place, too. He's having right. the time of his life. I want Clint Frazier as a starting left fielder, and Stanton is your outfielder slash DH. Jacoby Ellsbury is your fifth outfielder. <laughs> because I do not think they're going to eat $21 million. If you're telling me they're going to eat $21 million, fine. Do something else. But I don't see that realistically happening. And that means Brett Gardner has no place on this team, unfortunately. you got to pay him his $2 million to walk away, but that's what they're going to do. And when you look at the numbers, it doesn't look as bad on paper because Brett Gardner in 140 games this year had a 690 OPS. It's really bad. He was terrible in the second half. Jacoby Ellsbury in 112 games in 2017 had a 750 OPS, and he only struck out 15% of the time. Yeah, He might be that guy that they already are paying that, no, he's not. I don't like Jacoby Ellsbury. I like, I hate that I thought of this, I makes me want to punch myself in the face. But it is the most realistic option for Jacoby Ellsbury is to have him be your fifth outfielder. And he can play all three outfield spots and play three times a week. So do you think Ellsbury was really hurt all year long? No. So There's no possible way he okay. was... He had a toe injury, and then a week later he had a hip injury, and then a week later he had a back injury. I think they fudged some of that. I agree. Because I don't think he was a hundred percent, right? There's, because he's Jacoby Ellsbury, but I, but I think they fudged that a little bit. So essentially, they ate the contract this year, right? They did it for a year because of they didn't have a spot for him, but they could. They needed outfielders if, badly. They they needed outfielders in a, in a horrible way this year. It got to a. This certain was the point, year that though, they needed him. No, because by the time that they realized they needed outfielders, it was August. They're not going to bring him back in August. They went and got, got went out and got McCutcheon. I think that there is so much egg on face with this whole contract and the way that it's been handled and the way that he's not shown up for literally a year. Like he is, how old is he? 34, 35. He's and not playing baseball for an entire year. And one, not being great before that. Like certainly not the guy that everybody thought he was going to be. No, he's not not a $21 million player. He's a backup. He's a fifth outfielder. So this is, this is a guy that's going to, like, I don't see how he's possibly improving after taking a year off of baseball. Like, I, I Who said he's improving? No, I don't expect him no, to No, but improve. coming back and being anything semblance of a, of a major league hitter, I just, I just I can't see I think he can it. be, 
I, I think if he's healthy, and I know it's a big if, I don't know if I maybe I shouldn't be assuming that he will be a better player than Brett Gardner's six ninety OPS. I don't know. Um, I, I I would much rather have uh, not to say that it's 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 a contract thing. I get that there's you have to make it is it is legitimately if Ellsbury is coming back, it's legitimate. It's legitimately Ellsbury for Gardner. That's that's it. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Yes, and it's Brian, 100% Brian Cashman's fault. <laughs> I thought you said it was it Hal's is. fault. Or Hank, or no, whoever. Brian Ca- well, whoever, well, maybe the GM it was, gets maybe the it was blame, Hank. doesn't it? Maybe doesn't that's why Hank's no longer there. The GM, it's the, it's the GM with the egg on his face, whether yes. Hal Steinbrenner told him to do it or not. It's the GM. No doubt. Um, and, I, and I just, I basically would try to figure out, okay, how do I get Clint Frazier playing time? So someone has to go. All right, cool. I, I, I like it. I mean, I, I want Clint Frazier to have that job. I want him to, to be a part of it. Um, so continue yours. Let me know what, what else you got, and then we can both. I am give... offering Aaron Judge a seven-year, $150 million contract. This year? It's a, this year. It's essentially the contract that they gave Jacoby Ellsbury, $21.4 <laughs> million. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mention that. And the that. reason I am doing it is because he is in a weird spot. He turns 27 in April, which, and he's making 600 and something thousand dollars. So the Yankees have him under control through 2022, which is his age 30 season. I do not want to have to sign him for seven years in his age 30 season. And everybody is going to, assuming he is still good, everyone is going to demand that and it's going to happen. I'd rather sign him now from age 27 through 33 than age 30 through 37. Yeah. Just get it done with now and then move on from him when he's 33. <laughs> so that, that's why I'm, that's why I'm doing it now. Um, and then I am also trading Sonny Gray. I am trading him to the Milwaukee Brewers, Ooh. who are losing Wade Miley and Gio Gonzalez out of their, quote, rotation. Right. Um, maybe Sonny Gray can be their third opener. Um, but I basically went in their farm system and said who maybe they won't care. Uh, Zach Brown is a name that came up. Z- Zach Brown. Zach Brown Band. Zach Brown Band. He is not on the MLB Top 100 prospect. He is number eight in Milwaukee's system. He is a age 23 pitcher. Uh, he pitched in double A this season. Some uh, many scouts feel that he is not a long-term starter because his rota- his um, motion is too violent and he will end up in the bullpen. Mm. And I said, that sounds like a perfect sixth inning guy. Um, or Taylor, Will- uh, Taylor Williams, he's another guy. He's, age- he's 27. He threw 53 innings for the Brewers this year. He was a higher prospect for them, but he never really panned out. He throws in the upper 90s. Another guy that Brian Cashman might love. You're basically trading Sonny Gray away for a pile of dog shit. <laughs> right. That's what, that's what it is. No, I know. That, I mean, I was, and I, literally, I'm looking for people that have problems, like with, with potentially with their organization, or you're just diving into a farm system. Because- and Milwaukee is the perfect small market team that would want to take a risk on Sonny Gray because he could potentially be good and they need him. Yeah. They, made, they made it to They'll be really nice the- to him in, in Milwaukee too, probably. They made it to game seven of the uh, championship series. Yeah, they'll, they'll create one of those sausages. It'll be a sunny gray sausage. Oh, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be a pickle. It'll, it'll be a pickle. pickle. It'll be a freaking pickle. pickle into that The goddamn race. pickle will be racing. You're right. But isn't it the like perfect it. scenario for him where people are passionate about baseball, but they don't really care? Yeah. In, like No one's going to get on Sonny Gray for saying his stuff is good when he goes out there and throws four innings. No one's going to care about that. Well, they care. They're just nice about it. Right, he'll go. He'll go out there. He'll probably win the twenty games that you said he would eventually win. I think he's the perfect Milwaukee Brewer, and it's he's somebody we probably never have to worry about again if we trade him to Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean that's why I that, shipped, that's why I shipped him to San Francisco. 
that makes my payroll uh, two hundred million on the nose without the judge contract, and two hundred and what's that like two hundred and twenty-two million with the judge contract. Okay. All right. Very good. I like it. I don't think Judge signs that contract, but um, I, I think that he's going to get paid a stupid amount of money, and he knows it, and he's going to wait for that. The other, the other unless, the, unless with the, th- the he's a, he's going to be a late free agent, though. He is going to be a late free agent. You're right, and so that that could you could almost scare him. And you're not going to get him for cheap. 150 million dollars, 21 million, 22 million, is not cheap, right? But for a guy who's played a season and a half. No, I mean I agree. I, I think the, I think it would take more than that, but more years or more money per year. More money per year. All right, fine. Twenty five, twenty six million. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, I I'm think, not going more than seven years though. Seven years is my absolute max. So I, you want to say seven years, twenty eight million dollars? I would do that too. Yeah, I think it would be more similar to what they were uh, offering Cano, where they're going like high average per year and less on. His the, was like, twenty four million average. Yeah. So uh, probably yeah. Uh, between um, okay, maybe I maybe I around twenty five million lowballed some of these contracts a little bit. Um, kind of looked at the market last year. Um, as an last year was just that. so weird. That it was, was weird. Yeah, but if there, you said you wanted to resign Aaron Hicks, if there's one guy I'm resigning, it's Aaron Judge, just to get it out of the way. Yeah, because it's going to happen eventually. So get it out of the way. All right, I'm going to look at the comments real quick and just see what some people are saying. Uh, someone was asking, no mention of McCutcheon. We did mention McCutcheon. We're not resigning him. I love McCutcheon, so I, I do too. McCutcheon, a long look, but yeah. you're not going to get him for less than three years. That's the, that's the problem. With some of these guys, like yeah, I I would love to resign more than the guys that I have on here. But one, there's an infinite amount of of uh, or a finite amount of spots, and then two, you you have to see what what kind of money they're going to get. So, like McCutcheon um, might get three years, like fifty five million dollars. Yeah, I mean he's like, he he's he's an on base machine. Like he can absolutely right. still play. If you're telling me you could get McCutcheon for one year, $18 million, I'll sign up for it. But that's yeah. not going to happen. Right. So, and that was what, one of the reasons I went with Peralta um, and was targeting a trade for the outfield rather than a free agent sign is because when I'm looking up and down this line, anybody who's going to help us is looking three, four years, maybe, you know, with a $15 million plus. Like, that's, that's where they were. Brantley is, is another one of those guys. You're going to be paying basically at the top of the market for him. Um, whereas and Peralta was a, a, controlled, a controlled guy that's still eligible for arbitration and you could still control, still controlled at a very, very reasonable money. Someone mentioned in the comments, where's the lefty contact hitter and Peralta. That's what I was getting at. Sorry. That's fine. But I, I lefty righty, I think is maybe a little bit overrated. I just think that the guys in the lineup didn't hit and they should be able to hit. I mean, they, they have quality hitters in that lineup they just did not produce i guess so i don't really care like you're gonna say um i'm going to uh forego like clint frazier just for the sake of a lefty bat like no like he hits right-handed i'm okay with that so he's gonna be hitting eighth or ninth if he's in there peralta is the guy the reason i was circling him and he jumped out on me is because he is a high contact guy he hit like 295 i think last year 30 home runs makes a lot of contact from the left side having a guy like do you have any idea what his strikeout rate is? I don't have it in front of me. Um, but uh, if you look, I'll it look up. it up. Okay. So and then Frazier was that. So here's here's my my big thing with um, with CC and Frazier. I had to have insurance plans for them because I feel like that was one of the things that Cashman didn't do well this past year. There was no insurance plan for the rotation. It seemed like, and okay. everything went out the window well, with with the outfield. He he put a lot of eggs in that sunny gray basket. Yes, he did. Knowing that Frazier has those 20, concussion issues. 20%. 
Okay. Strikeout rate. Knowing the Frazier has those those concussion issues and and knowing that nobody can predict them and and how that's going to affect him is scary not only for him but when you're looking at a team and you're looking you're trying to play in long term it's really hard to pencil him in there and say okay this is my guy even though you want him to be and he has the ability to be and your team is probably best with him there i just have a hard time saying that so if i could get a controlled guy that's that can play the position and also hits on the opposite side as a lefty where you can platoon if need be then you can live with both and have a spot because how many times you know, the fourth outfielder plays five times a week almost. I mean, they're still playing time for, for, for four guys. Easy. Uh, so that was the, my, my, my thinking there. It, it solved some, some lefty issues for me. It got more bat, uh, bat to ball, more contact, and then kind of just gave a little bit of a, an insurance blanket for, uh, for Frazier. I get that, and I don't really – I'm mine's a high-risk plan because I'm backing up a concussion guy with a guy who's always injured, <laughs> yeah. Jacoby Ellsbury. But I, I would then rather just have Stanton be the left fielder and figure out DH. Um, yeah, and, I, I mean – You can get away with that and then maybe make an acquisition later in the season. I, I would prefer not to clock – not to bog – bog my roster down with an even more outfielders that I need to have on the major league roster at this point. I rather, I rather keep my options a little bit more open and I I am putting a lot of eggs in that Clint Frazier basket, but I want it to happen so badly. Yeah. The, the thing is, is though, when you saw what happened with third base last year, like we all thought third base was, was going to be um, a lockdown, right? And, and Andrew Hart did not even make the team, but then we see injuries that just kept happening and kept happening and kept happening. And then Andrew Hart all of a sudden is back up. Um, I, I, with the way that this team is, the way that they're ready to me as a, as general manager, you got to make sure that there are things in place if something does go wrong, because they're ready to win right now. And if you keep, if, if, if there are areas that are thin, probably the first area to get exposed. Yeah. The, the, but right now the thin area is starting pitching. No doubt. No doubt. You need to lay it on thick there. You need to put like five coats of paint on that baby. Agreed. And you go back in time, maybe they make that deal for uh, a Garrett Cole. Maybe not. Um, so how are we going to tell who won? We're going to do like a Twitter poll or something. Yeah, we'll do a we'll do a Twitter poll in the comments. You guys could talk. Uh, tell us who won. Who do, whose plan is going to work better? Who was good? All right. Who sucked? Or maybe we both sucked. Tell us. I what I, you think. I think a lot of people are going to hate my Ellsbury plan. I hate my Ellsbury plan. It's just what it's just what I think. Uh, Brian Cash. See, that's see that's where I got in trouble with what is Brian Cashman going to do versus what would I do as Brian Cashman. Yeah, but I, I was I, thinking I the same those thing. Lines right there. I think we're thinking different things. Like I think there's, I think they're just going to. He's on a vacation, man. He's a paid, he's a paid vacation guy. He's like, I don't a know special, if you watch that special sh- consultant. Maybe he can, yeah. um, maybe he can hold a Rod's uh, iPhone as he takes Instagram photos. That's the other thing. There is a precedent with this. They've eaten A-Rod's contract. One year. One year is different than four, three at this point, right? It, t- yeah, two more after this year. Yeah, I think so. It is what it is, though. It is. He, so he can't, if you can't help the team, then what's the point in having him there? You're still paying him. See, the thing That's is, my problem. When if he's not he going to help the team, then why, why bring him in? Just because you're paying. You're paying him anyway. That's not fine. changing. I get that. When he played, oh, actually, it's two more years, 19 and 20. Yeah. And then he got a nice $5 million, He gets a f- nice $5 million buyout in 2021. We're still paying A-Rod, too, this year, I think, like $4 million bucks or no. something like that. I thought that was on no. the books. Yeah, it is. Not according to Fangraphs. 
uh, Spot Track had Spot Track had him like four million on the books. Um, with the Ellsbury thing, he's just it's it's a it's a no win situation. It's a no win situation. That's the problem. It sucks. Yeah. James is talking about uh, it's a lose lose with Ellsbury. It is. It's a lose lose. There's there's nobody wins here except for Jacoby Ellsbury, who's salmon fishing you know, in freaking Oregon. Someone I forget if we discussed this on the podcast. Do you realize that he was the starting DH in the wild card game in 2017? Ellsbury, I I I remember the um, I remember the discussions about him and and uh, and Gardner. I, no, I've pretty much. Well, no, that Gardner. Out. Gardner played. I know. Um, Frazier, I think it was a. So I think it was a sat. surprise. It was a surprise Headley that sat. they both played. Yeah. Headley sat, and then later in the playoffs, Headley got the DH time because Frazier was at third. I someone pointed that out to me the other day, or like a couple weeks ago. I was blown away. I was at that game. Yes, I was a little drunk. Yes, all I remember is Dee and Aaron Judge and the the pandemonium. But that that blew me away. So. Um, all right, guys, it's going to do it for us. Fun, fun episode. I like, we're going to do more of these sorts of, um, different types of episodes throughout the off season, because we're still going to talk about the news. We're still going to get into the, um, free agency news and the trade news, whatever Brian Cashman says, whatever Aaron Boone says, but things like this that I think, uh, will be, make it a fun off season. I agree. It was fun. Uh, that was, it was definitely interesting when you, when you start taking into consideration the money and, and like all the other things that you know, that, uh, that goes into being a GM and not just playing fantasy baseball with the roster. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, I, I do hope that Cashman does make some, uh, a trade coming out of nowhere. It seems, to, it seems like he does it every year. If you win the $2 billion for the Powerball, are you going, would you pay for Ellsbury to go away? No. Why would I do that? Cause you'd be a hero to all Yankees, all Yankees fans. They're still paying him. It's, I mean, that, that. I would not be a hero for giving him my money. He will never we, he will never sniff a dollar of my money. Are we going to still do the podcast if one of us wins 2 billion? Yeah, we'll just have a banging studio. <laughs> All right guys, we'll talk to you next Monday. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.